Hey guys, thanks for tuning into the Lather Talk podcast. We have a really exciting episode for you today, as Gerard and I once again talk to Shane from Blackland Razors, and he's giving us a scoop on his newest razor, the Era. The kicker here, though, is how this razor is made, which is a brilliant bit of innovation. Keep on listening to find out more. Welcome back to Lather Talk. This is your host, John. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Gerard. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And for our guest today, I'd like to welcome back Shane from Blackland Razors. Uh, Shane, we talked to him back in January. Uh, We wanted to catch up with him because uh, on top of just seeing what he's been up to, he has a very exciting announcement that we'll get into a little bit into this episode. But Shane, uh, welcome back to Lather Talk. Hey, John. Hey, Gerard. Thanks for having me back. I'm happy to be back. Could I be... Am I your first return uh, customer? Is not the right word? Guest? <laughs> yes, I, I believe you are. Awesome. I'm glad to be it. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. And uh, we're going to talk about the era today and some other things too, huh? That's right. And uh, Shane mentioned the era, which you guys don't know what that is right now, but <laughs> you will find out in a little bit. But, Definitely. Um, uh, we were just talking about you know what some, some things we want to cover in today's episode. And Shane, I know there's one thing that you wanted to touch upon um, that we talk, covered in an episode between this one and the previous one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you guys had Ross on, you were talking about the Blackbird Titanium, and mostly you guys had super positive things to say, which is you know wonderful. Um, but you guys also brought up some really good points about some quality issues, particularly around the finish and. Um, and you guys had, you know, really good points about that. And so I wanted to address those and I'll talk about how we've already fixed most of them. Um, well, okay. all of them, but you know, you guys were talking about primarily finish issues regarding like small scratches and things like that on the end. And those are issues that, you know, I definitely was aware of with the titanium, um, the machine finish. And so what we've done to fix that is a, a few things. First on the manufacturing side, I'm now you know, big enough with my machinists, a big enough customer, you know, we do hundreds of thousands of dollars a year with them that I can finally institute quality controls of my own, like on them. Um, and I have some leverage now. So what we've done is instituted several different quality checkpoints and kind of tightened up the finish. It turns mm-hmm. out there are some things that weren't uh, systematized that should have been. So we now have several QC checkpoints during production and then also more stringent checks after production. And then when I receive them, we're also tightening things up on my end. And part of that is, you know, I'm, we're right now in the midst of building out a new headquarters and kind of renovating a space to get that set up. I think we talked maybe about that happening last time I was on. And I'm also hiring my first uh, employees here in the next couple of weeks so having people to help and then also establishing those systems for them and for me to make sure that we check quality on our end um, will help. So we're taking care of the quality on the manufacturing side and at, you know, the shipping side at, at my, my side. So um, yeah, so I just wanted to you know, address those points that they were accurate and, and I'm glad you guys shared them, but we're also fixing them and have fixed them. And that's true particularly for the titanium, which is kind of more difficult to machine. So there's a bit more 
finish issues a bit more common with that one, mm-hmm. but it's also true across the entire line of, of our products. So those same QC standards will be spread out across everything. So just kind of tighten everything up and um, just keep improving. That's great to hear. And, and just so um, I understand correctly, uh, part of it is, uh, I guess, um, with the machinist, kind of, is it like a quantity thing? So where more things are being made and it kind of, you know, just your status as a customer, or I, I'm not sure if that's the right terminology, you know, but... That's a pretty good term. Yeah, it, it's about, you know, it's a little about... Um, you know, my ability to enforce my standards on them. Yeah. Now, obviously there are things that, you know, I can say that, Hey, or this is important to me, but to be able to tell them like, Hey, we need to set up specific protocol to do X, Y, and Z requires, like you can't walk in with 10 grand and be like, Hey, can you, you know, stop what you're doing and change your entire QC system to fit me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've been customers for years and it's probably something that I could have instituted earlier on, but, um, you know, having a little bit of weight behind you definitely helps. And just having a really good working relationship with the people over there where people now get it. They were having some issues with like some staff that were kind of like taking things into their own hands, which I wasn't aware of. Um, So we've, yeah, where people were kind of changing the way that things are done, um, which I wasn't Mm. happy about. So we really, it was really important to me. We tighten up all those procedures once I found found out about that. Cause that's, that's, that's no good. When I found that out, you know, I was not happy. Um, so we are getting rid of all that okay. and just instituting new, new measures to make sure that everything is as it should be and that there are no issues from both a finished side. And that's kind of the biggest sticking point, but also, you know, just mechanically and uh, from a geometry standpoint, which has never really been a problem, but just adding those checks to make sure it remains not a problem is, is good. But the real issue is that like, you know, the machine finish, I, there's nothing I can do about it. So if I get a machine finish, that's bad. Uh, I have to either polish it or, you know, throw it away or something. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really on, it's ultimately on me to make sure that I don't ship out parts that are flawed, of course. Um, so basically you guys should have never gotten those um, scratch titanium razors. That, that all falls back on me. But my ability to control the machine to finish is really out of my hands. Um, what is in my hands is my ability to ship it or not. But I have to tighten up the finishing at their end to make that work. Um, so that, so that's happening. Okay. Uh, and I think since we last talked in, in January, and we're, we're recording this beginning of April, um, I forget, had there been another drop of titanium uh, blackbirds or was that kind of like on hold given this change in process? Yeah. So I don't think there has been, we have a lot of supply changes happening. So I think since then we, you know, demand has been really high and we've had to kind of change how we do all of our production. Um, not from an actual machining standpoint, more from an ordering standpoint to make okay. sure we can stay ahead of the game. So we switched from, like a batch ordering where we used to order like 12 months ahead of time. I think we talked about some of that last time um, to now we basically have, we're setting up and have set up for some products um, basically like a min max system where you could fall below a certain threshold automatically refills to a certain amount. And there's like a, a bar where you can't go below. 
So say, you know, I want to say, I want them to always have 500 blackbirds in, in reserve so that if I need to order 500 blackbirds, they are sitting there complete and ready at all times. Okay. Um, so there's like a, a ceiling where, um, we don't have more than, you know, some multiple of that and we don't fall below that. So if they ever get to a certain amount where it's like in that neighborhood, they automatically increase production, kick that back up again. So it's always like cyclical production. It's just always going on. Um, and that's more, it's not more expensive, but what it does is make me basically, you know, accountable for more, just fine. Um, but what it will do is keep us ahead of the game so that, you know, we're always ahead of demand which has been an issue. And so that's kind of spreading out throughout the entire line. It'll take a few months for that to all kind of take place. Um, I think the Blackbird stainless is already on that system. Titanium is being machined now. I think we should be wrapped up in titanium within a week. Um, I expect this to be done earlier, but it's been like juggling, getting the like vectors back in stock, getting the stainless Blackbirds back in stock and just kind of keeping everything there. And then titanium gets kind of kicked around sometimes but that'll be back really soon. It should have been back already, frankly, but um, it'll be back soon. And then the goal is that we just don't do this anymore. Like we don't want to do drops. I don't want to do, um, it's kind of cyclical, like sell out, do it again, that kind of thing. I hate that. I know you guys hate it too. Um, so the goal is, and it's not just a goal. It's basically already happened is that won't happen anymore. I see. I was going to say, uh, if another drop had happened, because then we can measure whether there was a lather talk <laughs> boost, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, we... I don't, I think Unofficially. There... Unofficially, but officially. Yeah. So <laughs> I think there is maybe a lather talk boost because, man, I get so many emails about titanium. And especially, actually right around that <laughs> podcast dropping, I did get some extra emails where people were like, man, I really need to get one. Everyone's talking about it. And, and it's true, man. People love that razor. It blows my mind. Um, but um, it also doesn't because it's really good. But, you know, people love that more than probably anything I've dropped, I think. Maybe the Vector, but people really like the Black or Titanium. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I mean, it, sorry. Go, go ahead, John. Um, no, no, you. <laughs> I was just going to say, I, I think it's telling that when we talked last time, you're like, there is a noticeable difference between stainless steel and titanium. Because I would say most of the times you change materials, it's aesthetic, it's weight. But the fact that yeah. you're like, no, 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 <laughs> it's like, it kind of um, yeah. t- tames it a bit, uh, you know, uh, as far as like the blade feel goes, but efficiency is still there. I mean, that's why, like, I, I think it helped me. Um, that that razor helped me realize like okay i really i'm going like all in on this uh high high efficiency low blade feel kind of kind of setup so that, yeah. That, yeah and people ask like is the difference between the blackbird and titanium just the weight i'm like yeah but it's a huge difference <laughs> it really matters so the yeah, answer is tw- yes but also no yeah i was talking about it with with a friend he actually loaned his to me you know uh first and I asked him, you know, like, did you use a stainless steel? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, it's, it's not just the weight, right? Like, 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 is it like, you know, like, are, are we just, is that 90 grams or hundred grams or whatever in the stainless as opposed to the yeah. 55, 56 and the titanium? Is it really just that is like our bodies just kind of like not, you know, um, accounting for it. And we're just kind of like going more natural and 
yeah it's just killer and totally yeah if, and you know officially like you know uh or i guess i'm sorry unofficially yeah, so many people you know been passing it around stuff like that they're just like yeah this is just really good <laughs> we're just so ready you know <laughs> yeah. to have it yeah people have yeah. been really responding well to that it's pretty cool People are also, you know, kind of getting ramped up for the Vector in Titanium, which I'm really curious about. Um, that's coming up soon. I'll have some samples for for myself here in the next few weeks, probably this month. Oh, nice. But I'm curious about that because, you know, I said this also about the Blackbird, but I just feel like, well, it's just going to be a lighter Vector. Like, do we really need that? And <laughs> I felt the same way about the Blackbird, and it was amazing. I, I, I have no idea with the vector, frankly. It'll be really interesting because the vector is already really light anyway. Yeah. Um, so it might be too light. I don't know, but we're gonna find out. Well, that's exciting. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess this is probably a good time to bring up, though, as far as new sure. things coming out. Um, so uh, Shane gave us, or he's giving us, uh, the scoop on a brand new razor called the Era, coming from Blackland. And, well, you know, I think Shane's the best person to talk about it. He's here with us now anyway. So, um, Shane, please tell us about this guys, new razor. I am so <laughs> damn excited. This is something I've been working on, depending on how you count, sort of like 18 months. Um, and I am really excited. I've been kind of like keeping this bottled up. And I don't expect anyone out there to be as excited as I am, but I am like really excited, mainly for like all the technical work that's gone into this, all like the engineering side stuff. Um, but I really think the era is going to be just a really innovative product and the dawn of literally a new era of both razors, but also like American manufacturing. And that's something that I'm really passionate about is trying to like move the needle and seeing what's in the future. And so the, the quick, like, byline for the era is it's a three-piece de razor it's all stainless steel 100 made in america including the packaging which is all custom that we're making um, it has the same super tight tolerances as you get in a cnc machined razor as perfect edge to edge blade clamping we're like less than a millimeter from the blade like we're really really tight with it and that also makes it basically impossible to clog which is awesome um, and it has five different levels of aggressiveness from one to five and also available in open comb and safety bar. So you have 10 different base plate options. And the the big, you know, technological kicker is that it's 100%, well, the head is 100% 3D printed. Um, so it's 3D printed metal, 17-4 stainless steel. Um, so super corrosion resistant. And we're able to hold those really tight tolerances. And so, you know, I know we're going to get into like all the technical sides of it. Um, oh, I forgot the most important part. It's also going to be 75 bucks. So, you know, you're getting a razor that, you know, really does it all. It's made, made here. It is just as every bit as quality and tight tolerances as any CNC machined razor you'll get. Um, with all the versatility of having 10 different base plates to choose from. And it's going to start at 75 bucks. So I'm really excited about it. Um, I think that, you know, we talked last time about not launching products that don't move the needle that don't like push us forward at all. Yeah. Yep. And I think that, you know, innovation comes in, in all different ways. I know a lot of people, if you look at the forums, you know, I've dropped a, a teaser at this point about the era and people are guessing like crazy, which is really fun to watch, but you know, I, I know there will be a bunch of people going, that's just a 
it's just a razor. It's a three-piece razor. I don't really care. That's not the innovative. The innovation comes from allowing people to have access to this product at this price point that does all these things at once. Um, that's the innovation. And from a, the other side of it is the kind of supply side. So by 3D printing it, we also have much greater ability to scale. So where with CNC machine razors at this price point, they're constantly selling out. Like they make a few hundred and they sell it immediately. And then you're out of stock for a few months and they kind of ramp back up and do it again and again. And it's just really hard to keep, um, keep stock. Mm-hmm. But here we can scale up to thousands a month if we need to. Um, and we can scale down and we can do basically we have complete control over our supply chain in a way that you don't with CNC, which is really nice. Um, and we'll get into the details here because I do say like 3d printed versus CNC, but there's also a lot of CNC in this razor. It's not just 3d printed. Um, and the 3d printing itself is also kind of CNC, which you'll, which we'll get into. Um, but yeah, so that, that's the era. Um, and I think it's going to be incredible. I've been using it kind of exclusively for the last few months and it's a really, really good razor. Like aside from all the other, you know, the, the spec list and the, the 3d printing and all the cool stuff about it and the price point, it's also just really good. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about it. It comes with this cool black finish. Um, the packaging is awesome. We've been working on that and uh, I just can't wait to launch it. We've been very excited to, to hear more about this process. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm curious as far as like the the feel of of the razor, right? Like I think in general, um, there's always an element of blade feel for amongst the you know the Blackland razors. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that's kind of like is that part of this design as well? No, not not really. It's not like Blackbird style. Um, when you get up to level four, level five, you are going to get a bit of that. But, you know, here we're trying to have something that's more, you know, for the masses, I guess. Okay. Because we're trying to have something that works for really every person. You just get a little bit of blade feel up in the four or five range. Um, but it doesn't have that same blackbird, like small blade gap, high blade exposure thing. We instead have gone for a really slim, low profile um, where the blade is literally clamped as tightly as it can be. Um, we're like right at the edge and we have a lot of surface area covering that. And so that kind of rigidity combined, combined with, um, the really low profile, uh, safety bar lets you get like surprisingly close with a pretty like moderate to no blade feel, depending on the level you choose. Yeah. So it's not a super high blade feel kind of like black land trademark in that regard, which is why, like I've called it a departure in a few ways, like. Yeah. One, it's not all all machined razor like we've done. Um, two, it's not at you know a super premium price point. It's more kind of like you know moderate. Um, and and three, it's not made exclusively for like the advanced shaver. Um, this is meant to be a razor that anyone can pick up and have a great shave with, whether you are brand new or whether you have been shaving for fifteen years or whatever. So you know, that range of, of aggressiveness lets us kind of get everyone, yeah. but you know, you never get everyone. 
you, you know, mostly I, I think the listeners will be familiar with 3D printing, pl- plastic, sure. you know, various things like that, but metal. So yeah, what's what's going on there? Yeah, let's get technical with it. So yeah, I mean, 3D printing has been a big part of Blackland from the beginning. Every single thing that I've ever made has starts as a 3D print. Um, so there's, you know, I don't want to get too technical for just like broad 3D printing, but you know, most people are familiar with like an FDM printer, which is I think fused deposition material. I've got the M stands for. Basically, you know, it's that same thing we've all most of us have seen by now, where <laughs> where you have like a nozzle that you know, it has a filament attached to it and it has a hot end at the nozzle and just kind of like squirts like a, you know, a melted line of plastic and you build on that. Um, so that's, you know, the kind of household desktop printer that a lot of people have seen are familiar with. This is not that. Um, there are a ton of different types of 3D printing. And in metal, metal 3D printing is also not new. The type of metal 3D printing that I'm using is very new. Um, but as a concept, it's not that new. And typically the way it works are, again, are as with all 3D printing things, there are a few ways you can 3D print metal. metal. Um, the most common is basically we take um, powdered metal, like the same stuff. Well, we'll get into that later. Um, take like powdered metal and basically fuse it with a laser. So you kind of lay it out on the build volume bed and then your laser comes in, zaps it, fuses it. And then you can build, you add more powder and then do that layer by layer. And you build, that's where you get those really crazy, like organic shapes hmm. um, where you, we've probably seen maybe some like really cool titanium 3D printed things. If you look at metal 3D printing, that's the stuff you're going to see. Um, it's also used as for like titanium um, airplane parts and things like that. They, they use them in the aerospace quite a bit because you can do really cool geometries that way. And it's good for very low volume. So if you're going to print five things, you it's super expensive. They're really long prints. They take forever. The build volumes are really big. Um, but you can do really cool things. So for low volumes, that's great. But up until now, there really hasn't been a like high volume metal 3D printing or really any type of 3D printing that's made for like mass manufacturing. So... Um, the company that I am working with is this awesome startup based in LA called 3DO, and they've been incredible. So I'm happy to shout the, uh, to shout them out. We've been working together for, like I said, like 18 months. I originally brought them a different project, an adjustable, and it wound up not being the right choice. Hmm. Um, so, but from that, we kind of eventually landed on creating a brand new design, like the era, and that is kind of where we left off. But they created this technology a few years ago. And the way it works is their goal is not to make crazy ornate organic shapes. Their goal is to be cost competitive with CNC machining and metal injection molding or MIM, M-I-M. And MIM, if anyone has a Rockwell 6S or a Supply V2, that's a MIM razor. So the way that works Hmm. is you take a big mold, you take powdered metal, it goes in there. There's like this binding agent and you come out with this part that is in the shape. And then you like basically center it. You put it in a furnace and it fuses that all together. So what 3DO wants to do is basically take away that mold cost, the upfront tooling and make it so that you're, you don't have to deal with like super expensive molds. Those molds can cost, you know, 10, 20, 50 grand sometimes. 
and they're not changeable, right? So if you want to change your design, you got to get a new mold um, or modify your mold if you're lucky enough. So 3DO wants to basically eliminate the need for that. So they've created the system where you use basically the same powder that goes in uh, into NIM. Sorry, I'm getting too technical. I know this is going to get boring for some nope, people out there. Keep going. For me, this is like, <laughs> this is the best for me. This is my, this is my shoes for Gerard. This is my sneakers. Um, so imagine the, the device, the printer itself is not very big. It's like, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a big vending machine. Right. Um, and it has this build volume. You think of like a shoe box and the way it's the way it works is you lay down this really fine layer of that same, um, powder that you'd find in MIM. Um, in 3DO's case, we use 17.4 stainless steel. And they lay out a very, you know, specific height layer of that powder. Um, it's really, you know, important you control every aspect of this. So super precise. Then they basically spray that down, uh, again, in a really precise way with a binding agent. And that's kind of like wetting sand, where you can now build a sandcastle. So now you have your little layer of bound metal and then what they do which is what separates 3do from everyone else which will make them really clever and what attracted me is that they actually have cnc uh, end mills inside that machine so um, for people who don't know what that is it's basically like a drill that cuts metal right that's how you cnc machine things so they have multiple of those i think in the newest build they have six or eight all in parallel they all come down like this they drop down and they cut the outline of that first layer so say you want to make a pyramid you'd first cut a big square and then a smaller square and a smaller square and a smaller square so that's how you build kind of 3d printed parts you take what we call two and a half dimensions where you take two dimensions and then kind of extrude up which is that thickness and then you stack them on top of each other and then you wind up with a three-dimensional part so they basically CNC cut like a router almost, just a outline, a perimeter of all the you know component tree you want. And then we do another layer, same thing. More powder comes down, binding agent, cut the outline. And the benefit of this is CNC machining is super reliable. Um, it's super cost-effective. And the reason why this is better, some people will be like, well, if you're machining, why don't you just machine it you know, stainless steel, like a billet steel. And the reason is that this is way easier on tools. So you're cutting this like bound cake instead of hard metal. And so, you know, we, when we're machine, machine machining stuff, our traditional razors, we like burn through end mills and tools and their lifespan is really short. 3DO basically never um, has to replace their tooling because they're cutting through like soft, you know, powder. And so that extends their lifespan. It makes it really quick too, because you can go boop, 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 and you just cut out around the outside. You don't have to like cut through metal. And there's also um, less waste because you just have to basically have this powdered metal. Mm -hmm. You don't have like a bunch of metal chips you're killing. Um, and so then you take this green, what we call the green part. This is when everything's finished. You have, you filled the whole thing with that bound, um, those bound metal, uh, the bound metal powder, right? So we've built the whole thing inside there is our little part that we've made. Now you have this big thing called the cake and it comes out and inside that there are, you know, dozens of parts. 
and you take this big cake and you basically break out all the parts. And now you have a little base plate. And now you basically have the same stage where MIM was when we would take it out of the mold. So instead of having the mold build this part, which we call the green part, they basically just 3D print it instead of having the mold do the work for us. And so now we have this part, it's super fragile. It feels almost like unfired, well, not quite like unfired clay, but you can like snap it in your hand. So you can take like this bound metal and just snap it in half. It's also oversized too by like 20%, which we'll get into in a second. Um, then that goes into a furnace. It uh, gets heated up. I actually don't know how hot it gets, but you know, hot. The binding agent falls out. So um, so that doesn't like ruin your, um, your mechanical properties. And then the metal is basically centered together and you get really, really good density. So you actually get around 99% density. Um, well, 99% of the density of billet steel. Whereas MIM, we actually get like something like 95%. For a razor, it doesn't really matter. But mm -hmm. the point is you're getting something that is mechanically as strong as billet steel when you're done with it. Um, so, but we're not done yet. So then we actually go um, for our razors because things like blade exposure and blade gap are you know, really important. And it's really, really critical that the blade is mounted really flat and level and that all those safety bar surfaces have to be super perfect. We then go and actually CNC um, after it in post and just kind of like level those out, make sure that those can hold really tight tolerances. And so then we get the benefits of 3D printing and some of the benefits of CNC. And so you wind up with a razor that is, you know, a third the price of some of our CNC razors and does everything you want it to do. Um, and so, you know, the, the reason this has taken 18 months is because these are the largest parts that 3DO has ever printed this way. Mm. And I mean, they're, you know, with a razor, it's 42 millimeters long. It's really not that big, but um, you know, they primarily make like stuff that's in firearms and little triggers and little componentry. And so making this part that is, you know, pretty complex and also requires really tight tolerances and good accuracy, um, was really a big challenge. So the last year has been spent on my end, kind of working on the design and, and fine tuning it for their procedure or for their you know, technology and them actually like developing the technology in step. So, you know, they use this product as basically a way to, to advance their own abilities. And I'm going to turn on my brightness here. Um, I'm beautiful. Uh, so <laughs> they basically, yeah, people are listening to this. I turned up the brightness on my, my light here um, so I can glow. But so they basically Let's... use this as a, like a training device to advance their own skills and their own, you know, technological prowess. But like, there's a lot of technical difficulties that go into this. So when I told you that, like they're built oversized because they shrink when they're centered, the way it shrinks isn't uniform. So you might think like, oh, it's going to shrink 20%, just make it 125% the size you want it to be. And it'll shrink 20% and you'll get down to hundred percent. But the reality is that like, they don't all, not all parts that, not all parts of the part shrink in the same way or in the same, you know, along the same axes. So you can't just like reliably go, ah, oh, we'll just scale it up equally across the board. So you have to go in and like the base plate's going to, in the X direction, shrink 18% and the Y direction, it'll shrink, you know, 22%. You have to like go in and then oversize the other direction. Um, so there's a lot of 
that kind of stuff. That's just like kind of trial and error and like way above my, you know, pay grade, which is why I worked with 3DO. <laughs> Those guys are At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Geniuses. Um, started, you know, really, really cool company. I've gotten really close with them. You know, we work on almost a daily basis together for the last year plus. And so having their backing has been really cool. Well, I mean, so what it sounds like, and this will be a good test to see if I understood it correctly, it's a hybrid. I mean, it's using, it is using that new technology, right? But like you mentioned, there's still a CNC component component to it. But yeah. um, what this partnership sounds like, it's it's the cost savings, right? Because like material costs, the manufacturing costs, I, I, you know, I honestly never thought about like, okay, there's the CNC, the, the, the machines, right? Like the tools actually are going to give way and so that's part of the cost of why does it cost yep. this much to make this thing or that thing so yeah. and uh, also in that yeah. is not just the thing being replaced there's also wear so yeah. as you're cnc machining something like imagine if you were trying to drill a hole but as you drill the drill bit gets smaller and smaller like as you as you um you have to then like figure out how to drill the hole bigger right your holes are gonna get smaller so as you cnc as you cnc machine stuff you're wearing on your tools and you're wearing on like your end mills and things like that and so you actually have to like account for that wear so the part number 1000 is going to be different than part one unless you account for that and so because the tool itself is going to wear um and then yeah you also have to replace it and that's downtime that's labor things like that um but, you know, so having a really efficient kind of automated system like 3D printing where you can um, basically load it and go is really, really helpful. And what's super valuable from my side, which is why we can offer it with 10 base plates, is that in that same build volume, it doesn't matter. The, the whole game is how many parts can we fit in that space because you're going to fill it up with powder and you're going to run the machine either way. So the entire build volume gets filled. So the whole game is like, how many parts can we fit? And so, you know, when people get their, when the people get their eras, if they have a couple of base plates, you're going to notice that those all can actually stack on each other, like really well. Um, they nestle into each other. And that's because they're made to fit as many as we can into a space. So there are like, you know, technical requirements um, and some technical limitations to get the most out of it and to mm -hmm. also make it, um, you know, both a, a cost effective and in you know, a good razor and good looking and so there's all these things that are kind of like tugging in different directions which is why it's been such a fun project to do and also a total pain in the ass like it's been so <laughs> so much more difficult than any of us expected um the 3do team certainly did not expect it to take this long um and and i i didn't but uh you know difficult things take a long time and so you know for me it's super I'm happy to wait, you know, I'm happy to keep pushing because I really believe that this is the future of both, 
you know, razors, like I said earlier, but also I think like more broadly, like manufacturing, Yeah. you know, this kind of thing allows us to be cost competitive with, you know, foreign manufacturers and stuff. Um, or we can make things here. I mean, we're building this thing mostly in California. Now, I should say now that the handle is, um, is CNC machined as is the stand and also is the, um, the blade, not the blade, the top cap stud is also CNC machine. Those things just aren't cost effective to, um, to 3d print, mm-hmm. but you know, the entire head is, is 3d printed in, in LA, you know, so we can do this here in California and be cost competitive with people all over the world. And, um, and all our packaging is made here. And so, you know, I really see this as, as literally the reason it's named era is because it is a new era of manufacturing. Like we're I'm definitely sure it's the first, mass produced razor made this way but we're also pretty sure that it's the first like consumer good that is majority you know metal 3d printed um like in the world which is really cool because no one else is making things this way yet um they exist in like little components exist as part of like aircraft you fly on but nothing that you buy that you own Mm -hmm. is majority made this way and so this is like the first razor or first product we think that's um in the world that's made this way. So I'm super excited to be part of that. And it's been you know, really rewarding. But at the end of the day, it's just also a really good razor. I have so much going through my mind right now. That's <laughs> <I'll> it, <tell laughs> man. I've been talking too much. Or do you... No, so like, like as a consumer, um, that's also an enthusiast in this hobby, right? Like, yeah. you know, just being acutely aware of the, you know, just the low price point that you know like buying stuff overseas like can do you know and and you're just like yeah and there's so many products that are like that you know where you just say you know what um you know if i might as well just like you know if if a chinese business can make it like a, a stainless steel like handle or something like that for 30 dollars that yeah. it would cost here a hundred dollars you know it's 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 so tough to compete on that sense and what you're saying is, you know, with the announcement of the era, with just everything you've gone over, that you can have a complete razor made in the United States, sell it for $75. And, and it's, that's providing, you know, like paying for all your costs. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's everything. That's so, yeah. that's, that's wild, I, I feel. And then maybe, and I don't know if other, and maybe other, other people will think that as well, but that's yeah that's wow just wow yeah, that's like that's the game right like i believe that like innovation can you know obviously move us forward but also kind of you know protect our ourselves our own interests um and we can level the playing field by just you know innovating and in addition to just being cheaper like you know this is also a razor that does everything um because we can 3d print it we also have like really extreme um you know, undercuts like in your background behind you that's the era and you can see that like under that safety bar that is like a really severe undercut that you just can't see and see machine um so we can like do things that you can't even machine anyway if you want to and i get uh, okay yeah no please Gerard. so i mean just not knowing you know obviously with the era you have your designs and everything like that does that yeah. also mean that in the future, right? Like if you have a new design, it would just be that much easier to implement, you know, if, if you so choose, you know, chose to. 
Yeah. Are you asking to like modify the era or a new race? No, no. So, you know, like just, just in general, right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, doing the, the system with the, the caking and whatever you obviously like the, the machine has the design like in there. If you were to like, you know, have like a design, is it like plug and play? If you wanted to release a new product, for example, um, you know, we're, you know, we're using this as a DE, for example, but let's say you wanted to do um, like the Sabre, like, let you know, um, uh, uh, a gem model, yeah. would it, just be as simple as putting in the new design and letting the machine do do the work in a similar fashion or so as well it's a lot simpler than waiting 18 months just because we've like yeah. figured out how it all works um it's not quite as like plug and play as if like your desktop 3d printer but it's also not super far off um you know we still have to factor in like there's a lot of decisions you have to make, like how do you slice the layers? Like how thick should each layer be? Um, that kind of thing. But the answer is, yeah. You know, the era is just the start. Like it is the dawn of exactly. the era. And so, yeah, we'll be making all sorts of stuff this way. Um, there's already plans to do, you know, an SE this way and in some some future things. And I'm also just thinking about like how to use it all the time in my regular life. Like I'm looking around the world <laughs> and be like, what the hell can we print? Um <laughs> You know, it really opens up the the world for us, and really, you know, the only limit is you know money and and demand. But we can make you know all sorts of really cool stuff. Um, and the real reason that you know I'm excited to be part of this is because like we're early, um, and 3D printing in, in this way is still like you know a little bit in its infancy. But within the next couple of years, we're pretty sure that we'll be able to completely get rid of layer lines and things like that. Like you'll notice in the era, there's a little bit of that. Um, the pre-production models that like there's a picture behind you, there's a little bit more layer lines that we'd like to see. Because again, we were talking about building that pyramid. And if you have like each of those blocks, you know, you get like that. You know, if you step back far enough, it looks super smooth. When you get up close and find detail, you can see a little bit of those lines. On the era, we've gone to great lengths to make them really small. And to make sure that they don't interfere with the shave and make sure that they are, you know, aesthetically pleasing. And I think they certainly are. And we also don't want to shy away from like how it's made. Like I kind of want people to see that. It's kind of cool. Um, but in the future, what we'll be able to do is have true like 3D, um, true three-dimensional machining as we go. So we talked about how like right now that um, that end mill comes down, it cuts like a profile. In the future, we'll be able to come down at an angle and cut like an angled profile to completely get rid of those layer lines and completely eliminate them entirely. So you'll wind up with a part that you won't even be able to tell is 3D printed or machined. You'll look at it and just go like, oh, it must be, you know, MIM. Um, But there's no, um, usually on MIM, you can see like little seams. Like if you look closely at like your success, you can see like a little bit like, oh, that's where the mold, you know, had the clamshell opened up. So, you know, this for me is just the start. And to your point, Gerard, yeah, you can, we can do all sorts of fun stuff with it and we're, we're going to, so that's already coming up. Um, and importantly, I, mean, I should bring this up now. Um, we also have exclusivity, so no one else can make them, which is really important, which is why I'm happy to, you know, um, put my buddy's 3DO on blast because, um, you know, that's my, that's my secret up my sleeve, but we have exclusivity with them. So no one else can make anything with them. Well, at least not shaving stuff. You can go make whatever you want. 
belt buckles or something, but <laughs> can't make racers. So, um, so because of that, yeah, we'll be exploring this further. And that's not to say like my CNC machine stuff will go away or that it will even slow down. Um, this to me is just like a, another tool in my belt. But they're a really good tool, man. Like it's a really good tool. I, I think, you know, again, trying to speak as a consumer, uh, in there, um, is that, um, sorry, I don't know if kid is in the background, uh, speaking as a consumer that like price point is like, is really big with a lot of people, you know? And so I think to hit that sub hundred dollar, $75 price point for a stainless steel premium product or, you know, a, a, a premium level product. Yeah. yeah, that's, that is so, that is so convincing for, I think that's going to be so convincing for a lot of people. I think so too. Cause like, honestly, you know, I think we've talked about this before, but like, I'm not sure that I would be my own customer. You know, now that I am, I would be, you know, it's, <laughs> it's hard to separate that, but yeah. like, you know, spending $200 on a razor is ridiculous. Um, lots of things are ridiculous that like, I'm happy to do, by the way, like just because it's ridiculous and you shouldn't do it, but I, like I we've talked this last time like I just don't think it's the future like I don't think it's where the money is as a business I don't think it's where um you know growing the the market growing the niche it is I just think that if we're going to try to get to more people like 75 bucks is also not cheap you know we shouldn't pretend that like we're so obsessed with like 200 400 raises that we're like oh 75 bucks it's like free <laughs> like it's still 75 bucks man like yeah, it's still totally. a pretty expensive product. here's the thing though right if I go if I go to Costco or Sam's Club and I buy cartridges, yeah, how many cartridges am I buying? Who are seventy buying a seventy-five dollar era and some blades on the side pays for yeah. itself instantly? It's yeah, pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, we're we're now in that in that what level where we can have a real conversation about like actually saving money. Um, mm. I always think it's. Like, <laughs> I don't want to, I'm not going to name saving any, money. Right? I'm not going to name any names, but like, I feel like a lot of, <laughs> there's something that's been really like, you'll notice that you never see, you never hear anything from me about like, Oh, like this is one thing you buy for life and you'll never have to spend another dime. Like you will never see me say that about any of my razors because it's such bullshit. Um, the era is finally one where like, maybe that's kind of true. Like if you're buying a $250 razor, like, come on, like you're not really saving money. Like if we, if we go out for like 30 years or something like that, maybe, but like, it's silly, but we're now at the price where we can kind of actually have those conversations for people. If they're mm. like, Hey, I want to get like one really good quality thing. I'm willing to spend a bit of money on it. Um, or a really great gift. We're now in like that kind of territory where we can like, you know, where people are willing to spend that money for something nice as like a treat for themselves. But like, it's hard to get people to spend 200 bucks and it should be, it's, you know, silly. Um, that's real money. But, you know, I think this price point is the area where you expect to get something that's quality and something that is going to last you and something that's going to be a good experience to buy and to receive and the packaging is going to be nice, but it's not such like a off-putting price point. And that's where yeah. it might be. Yeah, I think we mentioned that last time we talked to you where, uh, in general, on the more, not the, 
niche, not the extreme hobbyist side, but just in general, what are people's, uh, your average customers, you know, max price on a nice razor? I think we, we said 100, right? Like 100. So to target yeah. that, and in this case, or, or go under for quality, let alone like stainless steel, like like that, that I don't know. That, that that's it's, it's kind of funny, you know. Now that yeah. this is this is coming to, to market real soon, and um, I, I, and speaking of which, Shane, is there a um, estimated, you know, like like a, a release date? Yeah. So we're close. Um, Production is actually happening now. We're working on some final details. Um, like we have some videography, photography, <laughs> some packaging stuff. That everything is basically in like those final stages. And I think we're looking at a launch date here in the next like three to six weeks. So we're recording this on the 7th of uh, April. So it should be, I think, early May. Okay. Um, drop date. And this won't be a pre-order. This is going to be, you know, we have them. You can buy them. We'll ship immediately. And we are, though, limiting, like we're artificially limiting supply, mainly because I, I think this razor will sell really well. Um, I think it should, if it doesn't, I screwed up and I want to make sure that one, like the, you know, 3DO, we need to make sure that they can keep up with it. Um, we're all pretty confident in the production, um, system. We're all really happy with how things are going. We have our quality down. We're all really happy with all that, but you know, I'm a pretty conservative in this regard and I want to make sure that. If something that's never been made before, well, let's not rush out the gate and make 5,000. You know, like let's, let's start with like a couple hundred, make sure we can do it right. And more importantly, make sure that I can fulfill them. Um, because, you know, getting crushed by demand that I can't meet is no good. You know, it doesn't really matter to me if I sell a thousand raises, if I can't ship them. Um, so making sure that everything is tight on, on our side of things is, is also really important. So there'll be kind of calling it like a soft launch. Um, in terms of like CNC machine razors, it's actually pretty high quantities. Um, but I think we'll, you know, probably sell out based on price point. Um, and then we'll, we'll have basically like a, like a tier to roll out over the next few months and not a few months, next couple months by month, like three, we're slated to be basically in like full production so that there'll be no limit. Um, and one of the beauties of, you know, 3d printing is that we basically like adjust, you know, production on the fly, which is something we didn't really hit on earlier, but you know, the reason why we can have like 10 base plate options is because if I only need, you know, not that like the reality is that like very few people are going to buy like the level one open comb, right? Like it's pretty specific. It's super mild, but also open comb. So like, that's pretty niche, like within the, the niche. Mm-hmm. And in the CNC world, if you have to sit on like hundreds of those, you just wouldn't make it because you know, they're never going to sell. You're going to sell like five a month and you're just like, eh, I'm not going to make them. But because we don't have to worry about that because we, again, if it fits in the build volume, it prints. Um, so if we want to do 20 this month. That doesn't matter. We can do 20 out of a thousand base plates can be open comb level one. That's fine. So that allows us to have the flexibility to have all these different options that we normally wouldn't have. Oh which is, you know, one of the really cool things about it. Like that's one of the things that sets the era apart is that using this tech, we can do things like that. And we don't have to worry about like traditional CNC like inventory issues. We can just kind of like change them on the fly. And 
and if we decide like in a few months, like, oh, level five should be, I don't know, level six, and we can just put another level between there. We can just do that. Um, we can just do things as we go and we can have a lot of flexibility and versatility, which is super helpful and super valuable. And again, we can change our production quantities up and down as you know the months go on. So that way we can always be meeting demand. And um, since it's like a monthly production cycle, there's you know really quick feedback. We know immediately like, hey, are these selling? Are these not selling? How many do we need to make? Do we need the double production? Do we need to half production? Um, and we can really be super um, agile, which is something mm. that you just can't really do in CNC machining. Of course, like, like I said, you know, the handles and other parts are still CNC machined. So we, you know, we're a little bit confined, but that stuff's pretty inexpensive. So we can sit on thousands of those and like, whatever. Are we looking, so is this going to coincide with all of the other, with, with like the titanium as well? Are we going to look on putting them out together, uh, titanium so, first, then, then era, are we, what, what, is... what, whatever the timing kind of like fits it'll go up <laughs> there's so much shiggling on my Gerard. like it is chaos so um it's kind of controlled chaos so i'll kind of hit like on a larger question of just kind of like what's going on right now in the next mm-hmm. like month sure. so i'm like i'm stretched as like as thin as i've ever been so right now um you know this has been a home-based business we talked about this last time um, got a new facility and I've been working on getting that set up. So like, you know, fully renovating the place, like, um, you know, basically like it's a combination like warehouse and, and offices and stuff. So, um, you know, getting everything like just painted and, and modified and like installing fixtures and like, I don't want the stupid like warehouse bathroom that was in there. So I completely like renoed that and I've been you know, like rebuilt that entire thing. And I, I like my spaces to be like reflective of me. And so I'm putting like a ton of time into this place um, and, and effort and money. And that's also coinciding with like hiring. Um, so we have our first employee coming on here in the next like week or two. So right now, like I'm, I'm waking up, you know, at six, I go to the gym. Um, I get, I come home. I see my wife for like five minutes wave. We both go off to our respective corners of the you know, of the house and, um, and we work and then, you know, I work my, you know, my day job basically. And then I drive off to the, uh, the new headquarters and I work there on like renovating the place until, you know, from like six to 10 at night, every night. And then I come back home and then I go to bed. And so I'm working like, you know, 12, 30, and then all weekends are just like getting things set up, getting that going. Um, and so then like, you know, on top of that, Again, yeah, we have the titanium coming. We have the vector titanium. We have Tradares are almost back. Um, we're working on revamping, like scaling up all the polishing. That's finally happening. Um, we're getting an entire new line of packaging across the board over the next few months. Um, so that, that'll be coming out. Um, it's not super different than what we have, but just kind of upgraded. Um, you know, better foam, better boxes, things like that. Um, and then... You know, we have a new brand branding rollout, same name and all that stuff, a new logo, new kind of like, um, you know, visual identity. Hmm. Um, also coinciding with a new website that I'm trying to build when I have time. Um, so all that stuff is like coming together at like once. Yeah. So, um, and the idea is that 
I have to like bust my ass now so that it'll be a little bit easier on me in the next few months, because especially for like, you know, honestly, Blackland is, is, is too much now for me. Um, and then throwing on the era, which I think will really should have like really high demand. Um, you know, it's really important that I'm able to fulfill those orders quickly and able to ship immediately um, and still respond to emails and still like do all those normal things. So um, getting all of that going is, is a real challenge, but it's coming. So yeah, to answer your question, there's a lot of juggling about like release dates and stuff. And I think it's going to get fair really congested. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get congested. Like it's going to be like, Hey, titanium's here. Hey, the air is here. Hey, yeah, the yeah. Twitter is here. And it's going to be like a little bit, it might be a little bit much. So, you know, I definitely want to get the Blackbird titanium back in stock as quickly as possible. So that will just kind of like when it's done, that's just going to drop because people love it and I don't want to keep it from them. Um, but the like vector titanium, I'll just like sit on that till it has like space. I want to put some space around the era um, because. Yeah you know, one is just like, you want to give it some room to be kind of a center of attention before you drop mm-hmm. stuff around it. Of course. And also like, you know, people don't want to be like, Oh God, I have so much to buy. Like it gets like, <laughs> you know, it gets kind of stressful for people because <laughs> like, they want to buy all this stuff, but they're like, no, you put it too close together. And um, so that, that stuff's hard to figure out, but that's also kind of the stuff that is nice when, you know, I'm at a position now where I, I have enough in the bank and I have some like security that, um, you know, before if it's like, if it's done, I have to sell it immediately because I need that money like tomorrow. Um, but now it's like, oh, okay, it's fine. Like we can give it a month and I'll drop it like, you know, in a month and we can sit on those for a while and that's okay. Um, so that, that's something that, you know, having a, a bit more mature business is like, you know, it's one of the benefits. Um, but most I'm just excited to get out of my, uh, get out of my apartment and get into like a, a big facility where we have like physical space to do stuff. Um, so I'm really, really excited for that. And that's going to open up a lot of, a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of opportunity because like right now, you know, five hours of my day is spent just doing like physical stuff, like order fulfillment, inventory management, just stuff like that. And that's such a, a waste of time isn't the right word, but it's not like the best use of my time. It's not moving the needle forward. That's just keeping us in place. That's just surviving. So that leaves like, you know, three or four hours of actually doing stuff. Um, and a lot of that time is spent just like, how do I hire somebody? <laughs> like learning that, um, you know, those are things. And so like that whole process of getting help is, um, is like a big burden actually. Like, I mean, it's pretty obvious that you have to learn how to do that stuff, but it's like, I'm in a position where I need the help, but to get the help, I actually have to like spend more time and more effort doing that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a super burden right now to get help to lessen my burden. Um, but that hurdle has been mostly, uh, mostly passed and that'll free me up to do like more products, more design stuff, more, you know, videos and things like that. I'm trying to get more like, we're out there um but yeah and to, ma- to make an analogy um like as a nurse you know like just in my job uh a lot of like 90 percent before any procedure is like the prep work and it just makes yeah. the role the the, the 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 actual 
you know, objective, like super smooth. And I mean, it just, I, I totally exactly. get it. That's where, that's where you're at. You're at like, like I'm at 91% right now. And like, yeah, we're just so close. And so I'm so exactly. excited for you, man. I am so excited. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I, I'm really, I'm really excited. I'm excited about the era. I'm excited about just where things are going generally. Um, it, it's been, it's pretty cool. It feels, you know, like a year or two ago, I may have talked about this last time, but I, I think we talked about how, like, I wasn't really trying, you know, putting my all into Blackland. Like it was doing fine. And I was just like happy with it. Um, but like a year or two ago, I was like, you know what, like, let's make a real run at it and sink or swim. Like, we'll just throw everything at it. And if it doesn't work, like, that's fine. I'll go do something else. Um, but I'm not really maximizing what Blackland can be. Um, you know, I'm just kind of, I basically made myself like a, a decent job and that's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But I was like, you know what? Like, um, I can like take a bit more risk here. I can definitely put more of myself into this. And so it's been really like fun and rewarding throwing all of myself into something. Um, and it's, it's exhausting and it kind of sucks. Uh, and I have never been more stressed out, but it's super fun <laughs> in a lot of ways. Like it, it's satisfying to know that you're actually trying and actually putting your all into something and actually seeing it come together is really rewarding. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. And I'm like, you know, the era is a big part of that. It's a big part of, of moving forward and taking kind of a risk because there's a big chance that era just like falls on its face. Like there's always that chance. Um, I don't think it will because it, it shouldn't. It's like the best razor I've ever made. And it's like half less than half the cost of anything I've made. Um, but you never know. So, um, so yeah, man, I'm really excited for how black guns going. Well, it's uh, I'm just just really excited. Kind of like uh, Jared was saying, um, we are really looking forward. I, I don't know what this could mean, you know, not just for for Blackland, but for this new razor to get people's hands. We can't wait to check it out once yeah. you know, uh, once the final release date's announced. So um, yeah, we'll absolutely get some for you guys. Awesome, but <laughs> uh, definitely uh, folks want to keep an eye on uh, the Blackland website it's social media i, I know uh instagram yeah, shane's kind of everywhere so i try to be yeah yeah I, I think pretty good job at just keeping people informed but uh, we definitely want to thank you for kind of giving us kind of the scoop on what's about to come uh and even you know even if we got really detailed with the actual process of it i know there are people uh listening here that are really excited about machining maybe they've been waiting the entirety of their wet shaving lives to hear more about machining the, i was gonna say uh you know like there, there's gonna be those uh machinists out there that uh want this video to go viral because this is the this is the announcement they've been waiting for in their entire industry yeah i mean and that's it's funny it's like that's a layman's version like that's like the shortest that's the shortest version that like i can give and I'm also not the person making it. Like, that's the important thing to know is that, like, is, when it comes to this stuff, like, as much as I know, and I'm the kind of guy who wants to know, like, everything about it, you know? Um, like, I want to know all the engineering stuff that goes into it. I want to know all, like, the technical stuff. Even though it doesn't really matter, I just like knowing. I still don't know a damn thing compared to the people who actually do it. Those guys blow my mind. Um, well, actually, Shane, it, for yeah. folks who might just want to, you know, they, they are interested in it, but 
you know, maybe it's not their, you know, particular specialty. Are there any resources you can share, uh, YouTube channels, websites, et cetera, uh, for so, people who want to know more about this? Yeah, go to, go check out 3DO. I think their website is like 3do.co. Um, that's three, um, you know, the letter or the, the symbol. <laughs> the, the number three. <laughs> three, the, three, the letter. Yeah, three, the three, symbol, the number, number three. Number. I told you I was tired, guys. Um, and then D-E-O. Three D-E-O, uh, I think dot co. Um, let me yes, actually. I'm, look, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's dot co, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, their website is kind of like, they're revamping it right now. And one of the cool things about them, I should actually talk about them for just a minute if you guys yeah, have the go, time. Yeah, go for it. Um, you know, one really cool thing about them is that they are super invested in Blackland. Um, they have worked, they've spent so much time and effort and certainly resources and money on this project. And like, they have way outspent me on this. Like they have, they're completely in they love what we're doing. And for them, they see this as like an opportunity to show what their tech can do. Because up till now, all their stuff is just buried in little like, you know, little widgets and stuff, little gadgets here and there, and like gun assemblies and stuff. But you can't like see it. You don't yeah. get to pick it up and feel it. And so this is the first time that they're making something for like the end consumer where they're the bulk of it is what they've made. So they're like really into it. And they're really excited. And they've thrown their weight behind it. So like a few... Uh, maybe it was more like five, six, maybe more weeks ago. Um, I went out there to their facility and we, they had this like, cause Hollywood they they live in LA and Hollywood is like shut down because of COVID uh, maybe less so now, but they had, so they got time, I guess. So they got like a, this big film crew to come in and we had a director and we had like this, all this incredible like equipment and um, they shot, all this cool video of there's interviews with me and like all the guys there um also a bunch of like production shots and just like really really uh really cool footage um and then they hired uh, a model to do like shaving with it and stuff um they're doing like all this animation and so they've really thrown their weight behind this product like they're really as into it as i am and so they're building their new website kind of like around the era and around blackland oh wow and that, that might be a dramatic way of putting it, but they're going to have it like featured sure. on, their, on their website. <laughs> and it's a really big part of like their homepage and stuff like that. Um, so they're as excited about it as I am. And they see it as like a great opportunity to, you know, attract more investors and, yep. and they're working on like their, you know, they're like a, a bona fide, you know, badass startup where they're on their series like B or C or something like that. And they're just a, just a tremendous resource. So, yeah, go hit them up. Um, if you have something you want to make, definitely make it with them. They're the best people around. Um, and it's been amazing having them as basically like a, like a partner in this. Um, ultimately, I'm their customer, but like we're really working on it together and they're as invested in it as we are. So it's just really cool to be with people that um, that are, are doing that. And, and, you know, and so it's funny because like it feels like this new like advanced technology and stuff, but it's like the same kind of relationship that I have with my machinists. Like we're just buddies, you know, like I, I call them up, they all shave with my stuff too. Now. Um, like my main guy that I talked to from um, like my project manager, I guess uh, my machinist, like he'll just send me like this little box. He's like, look where I put my razors in and stuff. And you know, he just gets like, he's stoked on it too. Like he's a wet shaver now. Um, I don't know if he knows that he's a wet shaver, but he is one. Like he uses my razors all the time. And he like, 
installed a rack in his bathroom and he's like just like shows it off to me and he's like just this cool like middle-aged dude and like so as advanced as we are like i have that same kind of like familial like friend relationship with 3do um even though there's this cool like startup um it's just nice having those interpersonal relationships mm-hmm. and that doesn't change even as like technology changes and so that's been something that's like a real pleasant surprise so having their weight has just been awesome and um they've been a great partner in this so yeah, check them out. Um, you won't find anything else because no one else is making parts this way. They're the only people in the world that are doing this. Um, really smart people. So definitely check them out. Awesome. And we'll include the, a link to them. But uh, just, to repeat, yeah, just to repeat the URL for those impatient, it's the number three letters, D-E-O dot co. So um, we quickly pulled up the website. Yeah, more information, what they're doing and... Yeah, that, that sounds very, very exciting. A great partnership, too. Um, I think, you know, good relationships, right, with folks that you're collaborating with, working with, and, what part, you know, partnering. It, it makes sense to make a quality product. But, Shane, we just want to thank yeah. you again, uh, you know, again, giving us a sneak peek for lending us your time. Uh, we know, yeah, things are certainly busy, but I, I think it's kind of like that light and then the tunnel is coming uh, uh, even if you have to space out the re- the releases, just the fact that they're they're you know they're on they're they're just around the corner, uh, and we're, we're so excited for you. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me back on, and uh, maybe we'll do it again in a few months. We should probably have another guest on again. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lather Talk. You can find more information about our guest Blackland Razors at blacklandrazors.com. You can also find all the links and socials for Gerard and myself in the show notes. Also, don't forget you can join the conversation on the Lather Talk Discord server. It's a great place to chat and hang out with your fellow wet shavers and listeners of the podcast. We hope you enjoy the show and that you'll join us for the next episode. <laughs>